am Groot. I 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 am Groot. I'm Groot, and welcome to a special giant-sized man-thing edition of Weekly Heroics, a Two True Freaks guide to heroes on TV. But on this case, in time, it's uh, it's and space, it's it's heroes in space. It's Guardians of the Galaxy. We're we're gonna preempt our our, yeah. our schedule that we just got back on. Sorry, Mike Zumo, you'll be up next week. I promise. I am um, I am Sardu Hero Frau. <laughs> the Sardu Hero Frau, okay, thank you, and or also known as the uh, Hair Metal Hero, and Chris Tyler, and I'm Scott McGregor, also known as uh, Starhawk some days. And, uh, you didn't lie to the code. We don't <laughs> deal in kids. You betrayed the, the, the code. You betrayed the law! law! A little dread callback maybe in this movie. Uh, Lots of callbacks and callouts and references and holy shit. But Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Two, uh, which opened a couple weeks ago and destroyed with the power of a mad living planet, um, the box office, of course, probably on its way to a billion by now. Um, so Marvel does it again, and James Gunn does it again, and, and we're gonna chat about it. And I, I doubt you're gonna hear a, a critical review. Um, it's gonna be more just fan gushing, but that's yeah. all right. It's our show. We can fucking do it if we want to. <laughs> so. Yeah, this uh, I'm not gonna have any negative. I'll be right up front. I'm not gonna have any negatives to say. I'll get my one negative out of the way. Fox on the Run was only used in the marketing and not in the movie. That was one of my only ones too. That's yeah, my I, that's my only nitpick. But uh, well, well, let's we might as well just jump into uh, jump into this because uh, I'm dying itching to talk to to somebody about this. Yeah, I have been, and I want to like kind of apologize to our two true freaks listeners. They put out kind of a general call out there for like one of our roundtables that I usually do, and and I backed out of it because I just was not up for. I didn't want to kick anybody out. Is what it came up down to. Is like we had like six people interested. And half of them could do one schedule and half of them could do the other. And I got some shit going on in my life right now. And I'm just like, I, I'm not at a place where I can just tell somebody they can't join this now. So I'm going to be extra mean and tell them that nobody can join it. And me and Hero are going to hog it. Oh, well. There you uh, go. But, but that's, again, our show. I'm sorry, you know, listen or not. <laughs> this is the theme to our show. It's not your show, yeah. sorry. It's not, yeah, we're, you know, we're, we're in the shadow of an Is It Jaws that came out with the two founding freaks on it, too. So, I mean, they, they probably said a lot of what we're going to say, but if you'd like to hear... That's why I haven't listened yet. ...extra nerdgasming about it, then here we are for you. Yes. Um, uh, yeah, so, yeah, uh, where to begin? I, I do have kind of a linear, you know, chronological breakdown of my notes a little bit, so I mean... We can go we by can your kinda... notes then, because my, my thoughts are not going to be chronological, because I'm just... <laughs> Adam I'm jumping. I'm jumping through 700 jumps of hyperspace right now. So. Oh my god, I know. I mean, let's start with the, the biggest thing that surprised the hell out of me. I'm able to go into this reasonably spoiler-free, 
me and Mr. Honeywell saw it a couple weeks ago. Not opening weekend, but it was like Monday or something. So we were all like, oh, my God, the Internet's going to kill this for us because it had already been open for a week in, in England, too, you know, and internationally in general. Yeah, I inadvertently got spoiled, too. I was like, oh, man. They started throwing shit in headlines, which you just can't avoid. I'm sorry. I mean, I like to read my internet news and shit, and they're all stuffed on the same pages. And, uh, yeah, there was, like, basically the Stan Lee cameo was spoiled in a headline, which wasn't huge to the plot by any means, but still kind of the thing I would have liked to have been surprised about. (laughs) That being said, having a lot of the stuff spoiled for me actually did not detract from my enjoyment of this because uh, because of just how emotional this movie ended up being. <laughs> yeah, I, and the only other one I really knew was who Stallone was going to be, and you know, I didn't really... I, he did a lot more than I thought he was going to, so that was a nice little surprise. But let, let's start right with the, the first thing that just kind of blew my socks off, was young CGI Kurt fucking Russell. Kids. Actually not CGI. No? Makeup. Wow, you're kidding me. Really? Makeup. Yeah, apparently I, that's, I, that's what I've been reading. I haven't read into the secrets yet, but that's even more amazing if that's the case. Kurt Russell is a golden god, okay? He is, man. I swear the fucker's getting younger. I mean, maybe he just... He's, I've seen him in a lot of movies lately, like Hateful Eight, where he's looking way old. Well, his, I mean, his hair is gray. He's 66 years old. There's right, no getting yeah. around it, but... Uh, right I, but I lighting look like and, that now, and I'm 48. So yeah, well, I mean, the right lighting and the right foundation, and probably using some tape to pull his skin back and stuff. You can do amazing stuff. But uh, it was yeah. awesome seeing Snake Plissken, Kurt oh Russell, circa 1980 on screen again. Yeah, Snake, uh, you know, Jack Burton. It kind of a nice little wow. Yeah, it was just like I wow. I was applauding the CGI because I mean Marvel has kind of paved the way in that in a lot of ways marvel disney uh going way back to the first avenger captain america yeah which was pretty impressive for its time and any time really that was some yeah they've used it very well old, old peggy carter young michael douglas it's the hey, young tony stark young tony Civil stark War. yeah i mean it's it's not it's not perfect but man is it getting pretty damn close yeah it's not it's uncanny valley, but it's not so bad that it takes you out of the story anymore. You yeah. know, I, I'd argue that was, you know, yeah, I just like, yeah, obviously that was a real nice surprise to see young Kurt. And, if they uh, can make him look like that without the CGI, then there is no reason not to do John Carpenter's Escape from Earth. <laughs> All right. Sure. Yeah. Bring it on. We kind of almost had it in this uh, in a, to a degree. Yeah. <laughs> But obviously we get a little, uh, I'm talking to the side of my microphone, that's freaking stupid. But we get a little, um, you know, obviously a flashback of him meeting uh, Meredith Quill and falling in love and planting a mysterious alienist seed. Um, planting those seeds. Dairy Queen, yeah, he planted a couple Dairy Queen, best cameo in the movie. <laughs> that was, yes, it was. I, I mean, I think me and Honey were both, I yelled out Dairy Queen, I didn't uh, care for I love Dairy Queen. They still exist, but I mean, that was like, for people... Chris's age and, and me a little older, uh, you know that's that's like a staple of our '80s childhood. Yeah, um, watching that scene, I, it immediately I was I was surprised they didn't play um, John Cougar Mellencamp there because that was uh, <laughs> sucking on a chili dog behind the Tasty Freeze. Like right, they could have yeah, put that right in there. Definitely a Jack and Diane moment. Yeah, yeah. no doubt. Um, but that song, man, that that song is like, well, they that. 
the marketing department and this shit just uh, they, they know how to choose their soundtracks, and we'll go down that the whole soundtrack uh, later on in the show too. But that song in particular was like we should say it was Brandy by Looking Glass. Brandy, Glass. you're a fine girl by Looking Glass, the greatest song ever composed on the planet, <laughs> according to according to some intelligent planets. <laughs> But it's kind of actually it's funny. It's kind of the bane of my existence. It's one of those. Like, it was a classic rock DJ for a spell, and uh, that was just one of those on our rotation that came up so fucking much. <laughs> like if I never hear that song again, it'll be too soon. Yeah, but now but it's good again. Good enough for this. That's yeah. It, it takes you right back. Music in general just starts those memory centers of popping. That's kind of the whole point of these movies, anyway. And, uh, yeah, they know how to string the, the tunes together. And then, of course, we launch right into 34 years later on a mysterious planet uh, that belongs to the Sovereign, who we'll be meeting shortly. And uh, the Guardians proper are fighting some big fucking space slug creature. I can't remember the name of it, but uh, it was cool looking. It was amazing looking, and just to talk about a. Yeah, the opening sequence of this movie may have actually almost eclipsed everything else for me because it was just so crazy. And and just talking about marketing again, what a brilliant, brilliant, like, I, I literally, it, you know, I, I seeing it the first time, I knew that I had to see this movie a second time because the first time I just watched what Groot was doing. Yeah. And then tried to watch the battle out of my peripheral vision. Same thing I did my and second watching. Just so, yeah, in the second watching, I watched the battle and, and you know, watched Groot out of the corner of my eye, but it was just. I wish I could have afforded IMAX when I went to see it. My really first cool. showing was uh, IMAX 3D. It was, um. It was, it was, it was eyeball joy, let me tell you. Me, me and Honeywell are saving our pennies and we're going to try to get there before it leaves. Uh, I don't you know. think you'll have to worry. I don't know what the next IMAX movie is, but you probably have some time. Actually, it might be Alien Covenant, so I don't know. Eh, I don't know. I have no interest in seeing that in IMAX, but this one would be wow. Yeah, it's uh, it pops, I wanna, man. I want to see it in IMAX. Well, we saw the first one in IMAX, even though dumb fuck over there across the street from me doesn't remember it for some reason because <laughs> it was like one of the preeminent fucking cinema experiences of my life seeing the first Guardians in IMAX. But <laughs> yeah, I saw the first one in IMAX too. I don't was, know how you could forget choice. that. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it w- made me want to see it from from the from the get go in this because there was just an amazing battle going on. Just you know, everyone strapped with rocket packs, you know, including rocket, of course, and uh, just flying around blasting this beast. And Drax is just a Love manic, it. crazy clown of destruction in this movie, and it's beautiful. You know, you just can't wait to fight something. <laughs> it's just the destroyer, baby. Yeah. And, you know, long story short, I mean, anybody listening to this, we're going to kind of assume you've seen the movie. So, I mean, we know how this ends up. Drax goes in, comes back out, thinks that he, you know, he's the one that killed the beast, but it's a fine piece of teamwork. <laughs> yes. I mean, we finally kind of get to see this this team 
you know, really work as a team and just going at it. And, uh, and some really funny stuff, obviously, with Groot going on. He's chasing little creatures and, you know, and dancing. He did not look and, too funny. Yeah, dancing you know, to ELO. Yeah, ELO and our, our, our big tunes. Um, yeah, ELO blasting from the IMAX speakers was amazing. <laughs> and, uh, well, the, the, the theater we go to has just freaking incredible sound, too, for just being... You know, a regular theater, I guess, but it actually surpasses the, the IMAX theaters we have around here for sound. For sound. Um, but yeah, it was just you know, even just the whole conversation of you know, Groot, you know, Rocket setting up the music for Groot, and you know, Drax is like, "What the hell are you doing? We got better things than Drax." You know, is the one that points us out, yes. and Peter agrees with him, and yeah. oh, it's just so, so fucking funny. Starts one of many running jokes with the uh, red rocket's winking. eye winking. Yeah, and uh, you know, obviously fight the beast, and we launch into the the rest of the story with the the weird friggin' uh, sovereign who are going to end up being <laughs> obviously the uh, the parents of uh, Mister Adam Warlock down the down the line. Yeah, they're not really the uh, the antagonist of the film. They're just sort of. Uh... A tertiary party. Yeah, but we're, we're kind of led to believe, or at least I, I believed. I did well, the not marketing know. straight up lied. I mean, there's, there's audio in the marketing that would lead you to believe they're the bad guys, which is yeah, not the case. Yeah, it was very smart, because that's the good thing that I didn't get spoiled for me, that it was the twist about Ego actually kind of being the big bad. So. What I finally realized on the second watching was that was John Crichton as the uh, right-hand man to, um, to Aisha. You know who's John? Who's John ben, Crichton? Ben Browder, Farscape. Oh, okay, yeah. All, <laughs> okay. all golded up. Yeah. No. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. There's some serious gold makeup going on in this movie. Yeah, yeah the makeup just... job on those. It, like, <laughs> it was perfect. Their eyes were gold. Their skin was gold. Yeah, it was nice. Uh, I bet their pubes were gold. Who knows, man? Yeah, that's thorough stuff. Right? Disney's yeah. thorough. Uh, and Gamora's makeup even looked better this time around. Anyone, anyone colored looked better this time around. I what do you mean, mean colored? Dude, I, I knew what I was. <laughs> I knew as soon as that came out of my mouth, I was in trouble. Uh, <laughs> but I couldn't stop it. The non-humans. Yeah, so the aliens of color, we can call them, I guess would be the proper term. I don't fucking know. Write your angry letters to Weekly Heroics at Yahoo.com. Uh, but do it quickly because I just got a letter from Yahoo saying, we've just been bought by Horizon, but we promise we'll still be doing all of your services like email. I'm like, yeah, all right. Yeah, we'll so see all my that. emails are about to go poof. Back them up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, but no one's using them anyway, so who cares? Guilt, guilt, guilt. <laughs> yes. Um, so, yeah, um, we depart. And, and, of course, Rocket had to lift something because he's Rocket. And the Sovereign come after him. And that's I'm still thinking, wow, okay, Sovereign versus the Guardians for the rest of the movie with maybe some kind of twist on the road. And we knew Ego was coming. That's that's another thing. I, I The good misdirection by the marketing was, like, when they started telling you who Kurt Russell was so early, I'm like, what the fuck are they doing, man? That was, like, supposed to be the big Vader secret of the movie, I thought. 
and they just let it slip early, and I'm thinking, well, maybe they just thought it was going to leak anyway, so they got ahead of it. Yeah, that's not really the twist. No, but I mean that's that put me off of the twist. They're like, well, if, you know, ego must it'll be like the guardians and ego versus the sovereign. That's that's what I figured going in. So. Oh boy, was that not right? <laughs> yeah, that's not right. Um, but yeah, obviously, uh, ego saves Peter and company from the sovereign, riding his little, which I thought immediately for some reason wasn't escape from L.A. call out with him surfing, but he wasn't really surfing. Nah, he's just astride a, a vaguely egg-shaped... He was at least, like, water skiing, because the sea uh, metaphor. Yeah, there was, um, no, there was no Peta Fonda next to him, though. No, no, but he could be. Ghost Rider, it's all connected. Not anymore. <laughs> it wasn't then, but it is now. Long story. We'll get there. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, obviously we meet Ego, and uh, I'm your dad, Peter, and, and and Kurt Russell is totally playing Jack Burton for this part of the movie. I mean, just spot on Jack Burton. Am I wrong there? <laughs> just, yeah, chewing chewing the scenery. <laughs> yes. In the, in the best, most Kurt Russell-y way possible. I'm your father, Peter. I thought the rugged good looks would have given it away. Yeah. You know? yeah. Uh, yeah. I have a penis, and it's not half bad. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I got to take a word. Henry yeah. Swanson's my name, and... Excitement's my game. <laughs> exactly. Yes. Yeah. Drax uh, obviously is the one that asked the question that we, you know, all of the Marvel universe was wondering: Does Ego, the intelligent living planet, have a penis? And of course it does. Cause, yes. What 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 strikes me funny now that I think back on it is Ego says, uh, "I tried to imagine what biological life, what humanoid life was like," and of course his idea of humanoid life would be somebody is dead sexy as 1980s Kurt Russell, right? Yeah, and that got me thinking. It's like, did Kurt Russell, like, inadvertently create the human race somehow? Because my understanding was that, you know, that was, like, his first... He thought of what life should look like, and he came up with a human. So it's like, did his powers of a celestial... Oh, by the way, he's a fucking celestial. Lowercase uh, g for God, though. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, which, uh, have you read that fan theory that Nowhere might potentially be the remnants of his first form as a humanoid? I, that would make sense, or, you know, maybe another Celestial got into a, a bar brawl with and, you know, <laughs> fucking ripped his head off. I don't know. Hey, man, uh, it's all fun stuff to think of. As, as weird and cosmic as the first Guardians got, this one went, turned it up to 11 yeah. and a half. <laughs> oh yeah. Well, I mean, when when we're skipping over a lot of stuff, but when you get to Ego's planet and it's like something out of a, a, a just a fantasy artist dream, fever dream, with yeah. the architecture and the coloring and everything, with George Harrison playing in the background, it's like this is, this is so spot on perfect. Yeah. Well, one of my my few nitpicks about this in. It, the more I think about it, the more I think I might be wrong, um, so that's okay. But I almost thought it was a little – it's such a weird balance that James Gunn strikes with these things, and I, I don't know if he did it better or worse with this one, of complete flat-out silly, very self-referential and almost fourth-wall-breaking at times, and very meta, but also, man, there's some moments of – straight up, you know, heart ripping fucking drama too. Yeah. And I'm just like still aghast that he pulls this shit off. 
and that Marvel lets him pull it off as well as he does. Well, I, uh, I think with the, with that franchise, it, those were characters that nobody outside of the hardcore comic geeks knew. Yeah. So it's almost the one where you could give the creative control more of a free hand to indulge because it is so wildly different from everything else they were doing, but it still falls into the, you know, the superhero, uh, mold. It's just done in a, a slightly different way. Uh, oh. I, oh, go ahead. I, go ahead. I, I, yeah, my train of thought just went off the track. <laughs> oh, anyway. Um, yeah, so did mine. All right. Well, fuck <laughs> shows over kids. <laughs> I'll have to break out the train wreck that sound effect again. Yeah, um, for every for every moment of uh, zaniness, then we get a, a scene where we see Yondu, and you know, after having clearly had like a threesome with some robo babes, um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. looking absolutely depressed, and it's like, yeah, you know, and then and then getting raked over the coals by the leader of all of the Ravager clans, uh, Starhawk played by Sylvester Stallone, and it's like, yeah. it's, that balancing act is tricky, and, uh, I don't, you know what, though, I don't think I'd want it any other way, because if it was any, if it was more po-faced, it wouldn't, it would lack that fun, um, that it Well, there's just a couple moments that, like, almost kind of took me out of it, you know, which is hard to do in a movie that's this wild, but... It was like the the 80s arcade sounds with the sovereign weapons and shit. Oh, see, I bought right into that. Like, that's I, how big... The, Rocket even calls them douches. That's what they are. They're a ju- bunch of giant douches who won't go out and even actually risk their lives. They'll send out drones. And when the but, last but guy is build, there... But they, this advanced race would build their weapons to sound like an 80s arcade. I don't know. It just took me out of it for some reason. Eh, it's all, it's all good with me. Uh, that's what I'm talking about, it being a little too meta in places and too referential. But I think they course correct fine. I mean, that was just kind of a one of the little moments of silliness that, I, as I said, took it took me out of it just briefly. You know, um, I, I don't want that much references to... I don't want this just to be a showcase of, of 80s reference. And you cover that well with the music, you know, as far as the the narrative flow, um, yeah, I mean, but it, I mean, that's part of who Peter is. He's still essentially stuck as a ten year old boy from 1988. Oh yeah, that I have no problem with. But as I said, it's just this advanced race that would I can't see that they're. It just it was weird for, to me. And at the end of the day, this still has to kind of fit into the larger MCU too. So I mean, it. it you can't get too silly because they still take themselves seriously and, and make themselves feel like they're grounded in the real world. But and this one had no connection to the rest of it. So this was where they could pull off stuff like that, I guess. Like I yeah. said, it is a minor thing. Um, I, I, at first, I think first viewing, I was a little taken back by, like, they made Peter too childish at times, but then I think my mind reconciled with it, and it, I did realize that that's what he is. Yeah, you're right. That's he's what he still, is, but he also still has grown. I mean, he's not willing to have that argument with Rocket. He's like, no, I agree with Drax. This is not important right now, and, you know. Yeah, yeah. Well, he's, he's also had to survive, you know, told who knows what, you know, being with the Ravagers, too. So, you know, he's, he's a man in some ways, and still, yeah, that little Earth boy and others. But I think they... So that was that passed for me. I think they reconciled that for me pretty quickly too. 
Well, then again, we also have to look at who his father figures are, too. I mean, which is a huge yeah. point of the story. I mean, he yeah. is... The Hoth. Yeah. <laughs> Sardu Hasselfra. Uh, <laughs> yes, I mean, like, that's the thing. Like, an absolutely ridiculous story about him telling everybody that his dad was David Hasselhoff. And it, and it becomes this thing that's like, yeah, it's a throwaway joke at the beginning. And then it's like, yeah, that it's another joke later on. But then it's a, a gut punch by the end of the movie. And it's, yeah. if you told somebody that you would have a joke like that, that would be set up two times earlier and then be an emotional payoff at the end. Well, and have the Hoff actually show up, too. So yeah. Was, it's, another one I didn't see coming. I just, yeah, man, I love the fact that Mitch Buchanan is now part of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. <laughs> yeah. Although, you know, it, it upset me a little because I'm like, I'm thinking now it's like, now we can't have like the alternate uh, universe Nick Fury show up. <laughs> you know, when, when Sam Jackson finally calls it quits. Well, did, I don't think Stan had a cameo in that TV movie, did he? Probably not, no. If he did, then hey, man. That's true. It, it's a canon at this point. Anything, you know, Anything further. and everything. Um, yeah, I just, I, I like the balance act of it. And I honestly, I don't want the Marvel movies to get as, to get super homogenized. Um, like I'm because di- I'm dying to see what what Ryan Coogler is going to do with Black Panther. I I hope it's unlike oh yeah the other movies. Yeah, the stuff that the Russo brothers do is great. It totally fits what what those characters are. Um, and I missed uh, Kenneth Branagh's hand on Thor too because I felt yeah. like he got the right balance of the the high camp and the Shakespearean, which I, I thought Dark World kind of lacked. No, I think it turned up the camp part more than it did the, you know, majesty of it, the Shakespearean stuff you're supposed to do. I think yeah. it, it overshadowed that a little yeah, too I much. Mean, I, I'm I, looking I, at you, fucking Darcy, or whatever her name was. Yeah, it's, uh, yeah. <laughs> whatever. Um, but it's, I don't, I, I, I love the fact that this one is so different from the other ones, but it still has that three-act structure of the, you know, the hero's journey, superhero, serialized fiction. That, that's why I'm going to these movies. Yeah. You were, now let's go back to Yandu's first appearance that you were talking about in that little subplot. I mean, we get the great team shot right at the beginning, but then we go off on tangent stories, basically, and it's fucking beautiful, man. Yeah, I would have followed any of those side stories for two hours just on themselves. Yeah, this, is, this movie is not propelled by narratives so much as it's propelled by character, which I, I know some people were complaining about, um, but when you do it right, character is plot. So if it made it so much more dense story wise, and you yeah. get so much exposition on all these characters, and everybody, you... almost everybody, got an arc in this, yeah, which yeah. was huge. I, I, I'll say it right now. I liked it. I like it more than the first one because of the emotional payoffs. Yeah, I, I, I don't know if I can compare them. I, I've been thinking about that a lot. I mean, I don't know. Uh, yeah, the first ones, the first ones, the origin story. Yeah, but it's so, only the I mean, tip of the iceberg of the kind of apples story. and oranges because we, I almost he James Gunn didn't have to do this man he could have just pumped out another carbon copy yeah and and it, still it made a billion bucks and fucking you know just done a straight ahead well that's this the one's thing. Empire I mean there's been people this one's actually Empire and Return of the Jedi. And I've seen complaints about that too, that they're too similar. But if you're in a fucking crib, man. Uh, no, that's the thing. <laughs> if you're gonna go for emotional gut punch, then this this is how you do it, and that's how you service your characters by giving them all that you know, arcs, things to do, you know. 
Yeah, is there in the middle of the movie? Is there less shooty shooty for for Quill and Gamora and and Drax? Yeah, but that's where all the setup for a bunch of the emotional stuff comes from. I mean, uh, Drax's interactions with Mantis, every single line of that is pure gold. Oh yeah, and it's yeah. he is Drax is the most emotionally honest character in these movies. People will will probably argue with me on that but you know exactly what you're getting with him the only the only time he's you never see the chink in the armor except for when manis touches him when he's thinking about his children and she starts crying yeah i mean so he's he's totally honest to everybody else but he still can't cry regarding his kids he's his honesty serves him in that he's also like the voice of logic in a lot of situations in this movie or he's just kind of the one that's like well, right in the beginning there with rockets. Like, why are we fucking playing music to a giant monster to fight? Yeah. You know? So, <laughs> he's I'm hooking it up so we point. can have some tunes. And, yeah, so he's he's the one that uh, actually kind of points their silliness out to them occasionally in this, which was kind of a surprise, but... And I love the roles. I mean, it, you can they just sell the family thing in this from the first minute. You know, yeah. the Guardians and then obviously the whole thing's about family. But, um, you know, Gamora and her motherly ways towards baby Groot. And, yeah. You know, everyone's really. And, yeah, uh, and, where, and who saw that subplot with her and Nebula? Like, yeah, that, and that was... was like, well, it made sense, and it's such a great setup, really, for Infinity War. It's not even it's funny. It's fantastic. But, when Nebula yeah. is telling that story, it, it, her final line is, all I wanted was a sister. I was like, oh, my God. Like, yeah. yeah. It's crushing. Yeah. Everything, and she, it's, everything about it is just so perfectly placed. It's like, oh, man. I'm so jealous of this movie because I didn't make it. <laughs> right it's like uh, my it's totally my sense of humor and the on the nose musical choice it's like I am so jealous I'm so jealous yeah, yeah. Uh, it's still like the, the Stallone stuff as I said I didn't expect that much from Stallone I thought he was going to be a walk on and, and we got him and the rest of I don't know like the original Guardian and I don't know Galaxy them super well either but for Dick but I mean I know of them and I know what a lot of the characters were I remember Martin X, I think, the diamond-headed guy. That's, yep. I just remember him from covers from my youth, you know, and thinking he was awesome. Yeah, and, it's, uh, yeah. you think it's just going to be this little flash on and off cameo, and then, I, you know, the, uh, man, the, the They're last, all lived-in characters. Yeah, you they'll, see them for a minute, and, and they're And then like, they come back at the end, Yeah, and it's like the last ten minutes of the movie is just like, I was straight up crying, man. Oh yeah, Ryan. Yeah, it, it's that it's that good, and it, it, but you you have to go through all you know the first movie and then the ridiculousness and the seriousness of this movie to get there. That's the thing. Subplots that you wouldn't even think would have payoff have payoff in this. And well, I'm doing Raku, you know, Rocket, you know, being figuring out that they're the same basically, and you yeah. know, the <laughs> hilarity of. Trying to get Groot to do what you want to do. Oh, just so yeah, many freaking yeah, moments. Yeah, <laughs> dressing down Rocket and totally just... It, I mean, because Yondu's broken by that point already. Like, he's already been kidnapped. He's got his head fin shot off. Yeah. He's in a totally different place. There was an accidental mutiny. 
and he's just broken. It's like he sees Rocket, and it's like you don't have to be what I became. And it's it's like it's super touching, and that's not even the depths of where they go with Yondu. It's like, oh man, Michael Rooker, man. Whoever knew that Henry serial killer? <laughs> I fucking killed it in this, man. It, it, I'm like, yeah. By uh, like <laughs> after this movie, Yondu jumps to like the top of my like top three favorite characters in the MCU. Yeah, and I'm really not okay with him being dead. No, man, it's <laughs> really I, not. <laughs> yeah, oh spoilers. No, man, it's perfect. Don't don't cheapen this. It is perfect, but don't it's like, I want to see so much more of his story. Well, you can do flashbacks. You can show young Peter now that Peter's you know kind of come to grips with the fact that you know what Yondu was my dad. Yeah, you can do right. stuff like that, uh, and I'm. You know what? I'm sure that's how they'll open the next one. They'll have some flashback scene, uh, but man, people say these movies don't have stakes. This movie is emotional stakes up your ass. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Let me add just, just you know, touch on a couple points that we've skated past sure. here. Sure. Let me find my notes on them. Uh. Drax just belly laughing at everything. I mean, it's just, you know, it's so infectious. It's ridiculous. Yes. Fucking Batista should be given an Oscar just for his ability to make people laugh. (laughs) I I did not care for him as a a wrestler. Um, He had zero charisma as a wrestler. He is phenomenal as Drax. I mean... (laughs) And again, another, another character you could have just kept one note. You know, vengeance, vengeance, vengeance. You know, badass vengeance. And just gets so many. And that's not his role in this one. His role in this one is to be the brutally honest emotional center. (laughs) Which is amazing. (laughs) She just told everyone your deepest, darkest secret. Dude, come on. I think you're overreacting a little bit. You must be so embarrassed. Everyone screams when they shoot at things, which is freaking awesome. And Rocket's first one is like, I just want to kill some guys. Die, spaceship. (laughs) Yeah. I uh, love it, and, and Gamora, you know, and Neb- or Nebula when she's shooting at Gamora, just screaming. Idiots! And the little, the little subplot with Gamora and the fruit not being ripe, that just, there's so many running jokes in this. Oh, I know, but... so perfect. <laughs> and, oh, uh, and then all the stuff with the Ravagers, the accidental mutiny because of Kraglin, who's been at Yondu's side the whole time. Good to see uh, Chibs from Sons of Anarchy as a, as a Ravager. Yeah, it was good to see uh, the heavy set guy from This Is Us as Taserface, who was hilarious. <laughs> yes, I was di- every t- every line out of his mouth was amazing, and then ro- every reaction from Rocket was even better. Like, yeah, you know what? When Rocket called him, what was your second choice? Scrotum hat? Like, I yeah. was dying laughing, and the <laughs> Ravagers were dying laughing, which made the yeah. whole thing even more funny. Oh my god, I. <laughs> Yeah, I just I had the biggest shit eating grin on my face watching this movie. Talk about something the CGI that you know, even if Kurt Russell in the beginning wasn't CGI, they got dialed right in as Rocky Raccoon, and I just cannot believe yeah, he's great the looking. expression that they the expressions of emotion they can get from that thing. It's just fucking, it's real, man. It's right there. It's it looks it is an anthropomorphized <laughs> raccoon. It's amazing. Yeah, it's don't call me a raccoon though. He's a trash panda. <laughs> don't call me a raccoon. I'm sorry. I took it too far. I meant trash panda. Is that better? I don't know. It's worse. It's so much worse. And then Ego calling him a triangle-faced monkey. <laughs> like, yes. 
It was He's amazing. He's checking his snout, yeah. Yeah, oh, and oh. Then, <laughs> then Mantis asking if she could pet his Drax's dog. P- puppy, <laughs> yeah. Puppy. And he could just see him smile, like, yes, yes, you can. Yeah, he's been, he's been hanging around with Rocket too much is the first lesson that we learn in this because yeah. he rips off the batteries and Drax is just like, ah! Dying laughing, yep. <laughs> uh, let's talk about the Milano getting fucked up because that was a, a, a very bad crash landing, as Peter yeah. said. And uh, I just love how that kind of showcased how powerful these characters are, like Drax and Gamora. I mean, they're you take them to Earth, and they're pretty much like Thor level strength and yeah, shit. Yeah, they're crazy. You know, they're... Well, Nebula's. I mean, Gamora's Nebula enhanced. too. Yeah, yeah, Gamora's enhanced. Nebula's enhanced. Drax is from a hearty line of intergalactic beings. Yeah. Uh, Groot is, yeah, he's a tree, but Jesus, he's pretty strong. Yep. And Peter but... is. Part celestial for the this Drax movie anyway. being dragged behind the crashing spaceship and then laughing and like a and him. then laughing like a bastard after the yep. ship crash is like that was awesome yeah <laughs> I just yeah I, I mean there are some movies that you go to for the the romp aspect of it and this one has it in spades but like we keep saying for every romp aspect of it there's that aspect of Oh shit! Emotional gut punch. Uh, emotional gut punch. Emotional gut punch, and it never feels forced. It's all from the characters. And we also get uh, well. I mean, uh, after the Milano crashes, we we get Ego showing up, of course, after kind of saving them and uh, taking Peter and Gamora and Drax to to the home planet there. Yep. And uh, and we get the Ravagers attacking, and we get a beautiful display of how badass Rocket actually is, gadgets or not. Uh, yeah, that's the thing. I was like, oh, he doesn't have any of his stuff anymore. What's he going to do? Oh, he still messes people up. <laughs> yeah, in a big way, yeah. Oh, yeah, because uh, he's enhanced, too. I keep forgetting that. He was built, essentially. Yeah, oh, yeah. Yeah, it's... Oh, man, that whole sequence, man, that's like a live-action Looney Tunes skit. It's mm-hmm. amazing. Yeah, just slamming them, you know, the, whatever it was, like a gravity mine or something, just yeah. slamming the guys up and down over the tree, And then dying laughing at how friggin' funny it is. Like, <laughs> yeah. oh, man. He's my favorite psychopath space rodent, that's for sure. <laughs> um, obviously, then we get uh, Ego's planet and, and the, the fucking visuals that make me really wish I still did psychedelics oh, man. when I watch yeah. stuff like this. If, uh, if, I don't I don't do any drugs, but if I did, this would be the movie that I would want to do them to. Oh, these links between this and Doctor Strange, I'm like, I, I need to find out where the mushrooms grow. That's all I'm saying. They grow on Ego's planet. <laughs> yeah, but the mushrooms are space quite, magic mushrooms. Quite good, man. Yeah, it's, it's a totally full body high, man. That'll be some good stuff. Uh, uh, Mantis, um, I, I, I'm going to listen to the is a Jaws one soon after this because. I need to hear Scott's Scott Gardner's uh, thoughts on this because I I don't know the history, but I hear he's a very big Mantis storyline fan, um, and it seems that she's I don't know a lot about her from the comics, but I think this That's is very I. very different. And I wasn't a huge fan of her at first because I know she has kind of a more interesting story in the comics than they gave her. She literally was fucking Ego's pet in this, basically, and she even says so. A pet with a flea with a purpose. Flea with a purpose, yeah. Um, 
you know, she served her narrative purpose in this, but she wasn't a particularly deep character. I mean, said her, all, any depth she had was from what she learned from other people's emotions. Well, I mean, I, I found that interesting, too. How would you have depth when the only person you knew was Ego? And, this I mean, everything about me. Ego is in his name. It's all about him. Yeah, yeah. But, I mean, we did see, you know, her, her him having an empathic creature is what was ultimately his foil, you know, because that's when she decides to to tell on him uh, and his little boneyard of former children. Yeah, uh, I'm going to say it right now. Uh, <laughs> e- Ego, Ego is the best villain since Loki. Uh, in my opinion. Because I, of... You know, I to argue that. I mean... Well, when you have a mass grave of thousands of your children that you killed, you know... Some pretty dark stuff. Even like the the Ravagers when they were airlocking all the Ravagers. Oh, Space of like... Dudes is horrible. Like you know, if they if they had done that in the first movie, it would have been played for a laugh. When they do it in this movie, it, they are vicious. Like you can yeah. you can see like if Yondu didn't when he doesn't have control over his guys, they're vicious. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A family of pirates, basically. Yeah. And um, and Sean Gunn just killed it in this. I mean, he's. He's one of the goofier characters just by his you know, his patterns of speech, and he's yeah, kind of almost meant to be a Gomer Pyle to, but to he, Yandu's but he, insane again, Andy Griffith. Yeah, <laughs> but again, a secondary character. Not Gomer was, Pyle, but uh, yeah, the, 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 the Don Knotts. Yeah, but again, a secondary character that you think would be it would be a throwaway character in any other space opera is super important in this one. Mm-hmm. And it's like even he gets his mo- when he gets his moment at the end too. It's like, oh man, like your heart's about to come out of its chest. Yeah, it, yeah. it's ridiculous. Like, man, I can't say enough about that guy, man. Because I, you know what? I hope he's back in the next one. He deserves to be there. He's he's a, a great. The way they fleshed out his character in this one, he needs to be involved in whatever hijinks the, the main gotta- crew is up to. I gotta think he's a freaking guardian of the galaxy at this point. And I don't, James Gunn is back on board. I can't see him not being there. No, he'll definitely. <laughs> well, he'll definitely be doing the mocap for a rocket. So yeah, at least yeah. Uh, so the exposition about ego is just you know glorious cosmicy fucking Marvel. Oh stuff yeah, I never Total. thought I'd see in a movie. <laughs> totally uh, ridiculous. You know, I, I didn't really even think that, like, a Celestial, you know, because Ego is kind of not a Celestial in the comics, but no. it makes sense to make him such a thing in this. You know, it's not, obviously, the Celestial being that we saw in in the first Guardians when they were talking about the stone, um, but it, the comics, the Celestials, can, they're all gods, basically. They can yeah. do anything, they can take any shape. Um I actually thought the whole plot of him wanting to expand, basically make the whole universe him. He was kind of like almost a Galactus type of story. But it's what see what Galactus is doing that because of of a of a need of a hunger. Yeah. With ego, it's out of ego, which I you know it's yeah. in his name. Like, it's right be, there. Yeah, I haven't met anybody that's as good as me. So I, I found make life so me. disappointing. Yeah. It's like yeah. wow. So you went to these thousands of worlds and met all these millions of people in total in ridiculous amounts of different cultures, and you found I love it the all montage. disappointing. I love the montage of, of Kurt Russell Avatar making out with all these hundreds of different alien, alien species. Beings, yeah, yeah. It's like, wow. <laughs> it's yeah. He's 
and it's it's one of those things that it's like you it's not even a villain that you can feel sorry for you know it's not after he drops the big bomb and that he oh he god gave meredith the probably should have kept that one to yourself kurt well he thought he had already swayed peter you know yeah, you give yeah. him a glimpse at eternity which was i thought was a nice nod oh very much so I, yeah it was it was basically the cosmic awareness which yeah. is a thing that's been in marvel forever you know you just kind of clued him into this is how big shit is you know but again that all just breaks down with uh you know you shouldn't have killed my mom yeah, and yeah. there's no hesitation. Like the fact that there's z- there is zero zero hesitation when when he drops that that bomb yeah, on Peter. Yeah, just starts blasting. Just starts shooting. It's like, yeah, it's oh man. Yep, it, which is and, you know how it would go down. You wouldn't have the you know ten minute speech before you decide to kill your father. At that point, you just start shooting. Yeah, and it's <laughs> and I mean and again that all. That all ties back into Yondu's story about Yondu knowing what was going on with those kids and then deciding he had enough of it. You know, they dance around the fact that why did you keep Peter? Yeah. And then, you know, Peter tells the same version of the story that Yondu does, but that's not the reason. The reason is because Yondu Yondu got wise to what was going on. on. This guy is killing all of his children for no reason. And it's, yeah. I mean, it's hard to feel any sympathy for Ego. I mean, even with his plain of cry of, I finally know what it feels like to to not be alone. Well, it's like, <laughs> it doesn't matter, man. Like, you, uh, you just... They had me hook, line, and sinker, like, up until the reveal, though, for the most part. Oh, yeah. As I said, I was still right along with it and thinking this is all good, especially the playing catch scene. I'm sorry. Another tug at the heartstrings. Yeah, there. Oh, I'm a total. I'm I'm a, I'm a sucker for father <laughs> and son stories. Yeah, and just the fact that once I realized that they were forming that energy into a ball, I knew where it was going, and I was half half crying, half laughing because of how yeah. how well it's done. I mean, it's just the look on both of their faces is like, it's amazing. Well, I think this one. Yeah, we might as well touch on this now. Um, I think the reason this resonates with you and me, and I've read a lot of people say this, that this was a movie for adoptees, man. Like, straight up, this was like, if you're an adoptee, this one had a special different level for you. I, you know, and that <laughs> I, I'm sure that did was part of what was going on in my subconscious while I was watching it, but, I mean, it's just... Oh, it was right there on the front of my conscience. Yeah. <laughs> conscious when it was going on. So every adoptee's experience is different, too. But, yeah, it's... Um, yeah, and again, I mean, mine was an open adoption. There was never, you know, I was never lied to or anything. It was always, my family was always very upfront about it. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's like, I can understand earlier on in the movie when Gamora's like, yeah, you know, that your your dad's a real sore spot for you. And he's like, it's not a sore spot. I just don't know who he is. But clearly yeah. it's an issue. Yeah. You know? It's ingrained. Him. That's what maybe some people don't understand. I, I, I was an adoptee you know, can say that all day long that I don't care not knowing who my parents were, but I do. I, on a very subconscious level, I do. Yeah. See, I, I, I actually, I actually don't. <laughs> Cause well, my, you... I, I, again, I think I'm one just because of the way that I, you know, the family life that I've had, um, and the way I was brought up, it's never even been something where I felt any sort of need to, to look into it. There, uh, there's, I'm not saying it's true with everyone and maybe not with you. And thankfully, if it isn't, that's a good thing. But I mean, I've actually done a lot of research on this for 
academic papers and such, and I think every adoptee is 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 affected whether they realize it or not. It's that biological break that that does something to you. But. Yeah, I was so young though, like I don't even have any recollection. So maybe I'm. Oh, maybe me I'm, either. I was six months, but it's it's even it's kind of a different level. It's almost not quantifiable. That's probably I'll, true. I'll point you in the you know direction of some good books, so you realize how screwed up you should be, hero. <laughs> well, I, oh, I'm screwed up, but for a whole litany of other things not related. To- <laughs> oh, but it makes it better if you can blame it on adoption. It takes care of so many things. Uh, <laughs> I tend to blame myself for the stupid shit I do. <laughs> Psychology can be a crutch, man. Use it. Um. Yeah, um, but it's uh, yeah. I, I can I can see why it's it's resonating with people. But even I mean, even if you're not adopted, it's still it's a father and son story. Yeah. So I mean, for any uh, estranged family or anything like that, it's. You know, it's it hits. It hits for a lot of people, and it's the same yep. thing. You know, it's the same emotional thing with with Gamora and Nebula. Like that's a huge thing too. It's you know, the family that we have, the ones that we grow up with, whether they're biological or not. It's it's you know, <laughs> there's ups and downs, man. And then there's the family that we choose for ourselves after the fact. You know, I just thought they also Zoe Saldana maybe. Yeah, who plays Gamora? Um, yep. Like just that one line from her when you know Peter's all excited about finding his dad, and she's kind of trying to be wary and like, uh, now something's up here. And he's like, "You're the one that convinced me to do this," and you know, I just want to be with my family. And she's like, "I thought you found your family." Yeah, already. that you know, was uh, kick in the balls. Yeah, well, and then well, well, well said and well written. Um, said we had Yandu's backstory that was awesome. Yandu's ass, arrow badassery beyond anything we'd seen before. Oh my before. god! Yes, it's like that angry is, little murderous tree. That's that scene, man. Like, if you had told me, like when I was watching Mallrats, that in like twenty years, <laughs> um, Brandy Zvenning's dad is going to be one of the best badasses <laughs> in the galaxy. Like, I but never no. would have believed you, and it's like. Man, picking come a little bit closer for the song, having most of it in slow mo. Like that is visual storytelling at its finest. Like the you, you can't say anything bad about really the visuals is. in this movie. Come a little bit closer, you my kind of man. So big and so strong. Come a little bit closer. I'm all alone, and the night is so long. No, man. Uh- Fucking James Gunn is, you know, the guy used to work at Troma. Who'd have thunk it? You know. Hey, well, I mean, he knows. If you're gonna work at Troma, you gotta know how to work. Oh, uh, what else we got here? Hyperspace weirdness was fucking amazing and crazy, and that's yes. where we first get our Watcher scene. Holy fucking shit! Yeah. I mean, I knew that they were going to kind of basically kind of Stanley's cameo is going to be. Oh my god, he's been the Watcher all this time, but I didn't realize we'd actually see the fucking Watchers. <laughs> Um, I didn't think we could. I thought I thought for sure that would be a Fox property. Well, who knows, man? Or who knows? Maybe this that makes ba- me think that there's been some, some back, little back backdoor deal deals between Fox and and Marvel. Well, that's good. So Doctor Doom could show up to save the day. And well, you know what? Doctor Doom is a little bit more of a, <laughs> a bigger property to them. I'm sure they like the Watcher. Yeah, take, you want the big bald guy? Take him. I'm sure that's what yeah. they said. Right. Yeah. Uh, if that's the case, and if not, hey man, it's 
yeah, that just made me light up. It's like, oh my god, we've actually hit a point in these movies now where they're showing the Watchers. Yeah. <laughs> like, you know? And the, they got some big and, dominoes to set up for, for Infinity War, and even though this one wasn't directly related, I think they set some chess pieces on the board for it. Um, I Really? I don't, I, I don't think so. Well, Nebula going on, you know, she's slated to show up in it, so I mean, she's going to, I have a feeling she might be the, one of the first people to die in it, going to attack her father, but uh, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, they've already said uh, Adam Warlock is not a, a part of it, and... We no, but the, the Guardians are showing up. So. Yeah, but there's really nothing in, in this that would lead you to say, like, well, now Peter's going to head to Earth. Like, for what reason? You know? Right. Yeah. So. Uh, unless that little quip that Gamora made about, you know, hey, you've got blood relatives on Earth, too, you know, that you never go see. And so maybe Uncle gets in trouble or something or whoever. Uh, you know, if Peter's, Peter's granddad was in this for a hot second, hopefully he shows up again. Yeah. So, yeah. Oh, did, you, did you read that that was going to be the original ending of the first movie? Was what? Be Peter's grandfather, after after they take down Ronan and, and fly off and it's all happy, happy, it was going to be a cut back to Earth with now elderly Grandpa Quill looking up at the sky, you know, sad that his son oh, never came home. Yeah. His grandson, that would have been way too much of a downer, man. Yeah, but it, maybe it should be addressed. I don't know, since we're going for the whole family's important thing. <laughs> um, it's clearly not. I mean, the Earth part of Peter's life clearly hasn't been important enough for him to go back yet. And again, if this solidifies the fact that his family is Yondu and the Ravagers and the crew yeah. that he's assembled, then, you know, really, why would you go back? Yeah. You know, it's still the place where he watched his mother die, you know? Yeah, and actually, even though he was kind of lying, uh, Kurt Russell made that point early on, and that like I couldn't stand to go back to a planet that your mother wasn't on anymore. You know? I see. I actually bought that. I thought that was where they tried to humanize him a little bit. If he had went back one more time, then he wasn't going to try to carry out his yeah. Master I think I, I definitely bought that at that point. Yeah, because he hadn't gone full evil yet. Um, Yandu's speech to Rocket just amazing. I think we already said that. Yeah. Just you know, I know who you are, boy, because you're me. Yeah. Um, Quill, Rocket, Groot, and the bomb, which we saw a good chunk of in the trailers, but was still just fucking hilarious as hell. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I am Groot. I am Groot. <laughs> yeah, just and, and the fact that, you know, when Ego's talking about the first, you know, he was just a mind when he formed, and then, okay, he's literally just a mind in the middle of that planet. It is just a brain. Like, yeah, it's literal, but hey, man, it works. See, that made my mind go back to the old, uh, there was a series a long time ago called Earth X, and then they did yep. some even weirder shit after that, but yep. a lot of the premise of that was that Celestials had planted seeds in a bunch of planets, or Earth in particular, Yeah, and it was basically going to hatch and destroy the planet. And that I think it was maybe like the Eternals or Deviants or something had fucked with humankind to give them powers to eventually fight the Celestials or something it's weird like that. It's been a like long that. time since I've read it, and it, yeah. and it never actually got finished appropriately, so I don't know if I'm going to go back and, and reread it. Yeah. Um, yeah, but it was just, I mean, they just, it, it, nothing is off the table in, in the Guardians movies. Like, you can, you can make it as crazy as you want, you know? It's... I think that's why I love them so much because it's 
Yeah. And I was I was talking to Honeywell um, after see after you guys finally saw it, and I was like, you know what? This is out outside of Star Wars. This is probably the best space opera in any medium. Yeah. Because uh, I don't read the comics. I don't know if I want to because I know it's not exactly like I love this version of what they've done with these characters because it is just so on board with its own ridiculousness. Yeah. Uh, and, and it's even so. I mean, this was the one self, you know, self-aware shot that I forgave instantly. It was the we got the hero group money shot, you know, finally of all of them together. Oh, I, see, I, I that's why I'm course, paying Mantis, the money. Well, right, but of course, then Mantis just gets creamed by a fireball and like breaks the whole moment up, and it's just it's like, yep, yeah. yeah, we're not going to do it exactly like you think we should. But I mean that I mean that's you know the whirling three sixty with the t- the Tyler Bates score. I mean the score in both of these movies has been excellent. Like you hear that Guardians fanfare and you're like you're ready to go, man. Some of the most more memorable stuff in what could be argued is not a particularly memorable canon of Marvel movie soundtracks or scores at least um yeah for the most part they're they're largely forgettable and i know i know there are some that would argue with me on that but it's like yeah the, the music in the first cap movie was great but then it kind of goes out the window they rarely use that cap fanfare in in the other movies um yeah. the music in the first thor movie i thought was great and then then that was abandoned in the second movie and it's yeah a lot of the main themes like when you hear them you can instantly identify which movie they go to but when you're watching them, but I don't know if you would if you had taken a bunch of tracks from the MCU soundtracks and and strung them together. I don't know if I would be able to play them all. The Cap and the uh, yeah. Guardians ones, I absolutely would though. Yeah, no. Yeah. Uh, so we finally get to Pete and Ego, the final fight, which is just again, it's like we've seen Thor and Hulk and them battling it out and stuff, and and some like godlike characters a bit in the first one but nothing like this is you know, we yeah. literally just see you know pac-man notwithstanding which was still fucking amazing beyond but it words. was set up earlier yeah yeah totally it's it like i'm gonna exactly have an 80 what, foot, foot tall statue of i'm gonna Pac-Man, make some weird skeletor shit. and i'm gonna make some weird shit yeah. that was my favorite line of the whole fucking movie now, right? this, now i'm thinking about those wouldn't it have been awesome if he put rocks around himself to make him look like skeletor that would have been mm-hmm. so sweet uh, no. uh, hey, you know, uh, yeah, the fact that his chosen form was a giant Pac-Man, you know? Yeah, but this is, I mean, I've never seen it really, you kind of wonder when you read, like, the cosmic comic books, how the fuck could they ever do that? You know, Doctor Strange came close, but this was like two gods duping, duking it out together, man. I never thought I'd see anything like that, and it's just, it was perfect. And, and how the planet was basically killing all the Guardians while it was going on. Yeah, yeah, Ego's got total control of the planet, and the the Sovereign come back just to make things more difficult. Uh, it's It all ties together really nicely, It's you know, but we've had, uh, the characters have broken up a little bit. Rocket has been a prick the whole movie. Yeah. Uh, just because, like Yondu says, you know, you're too afraid to actually... <laughs> have some actual emotion. Yeah, you're too scared to have it, and it's you know he is a total because pr- I mean for all for all the uh, zaniness that Peter Quill gives off when he before he leaves to go over to Ego's planet, he looks at Rocket. He's like, if you're trying to piss everybody off, you're doing a real good job. Like dead serious. Yeah, no, like, Chris Pratt should be. 
He's, let's face it, he's a cookie-cutter fucking action star right now, man, but he brought the drama in this movie. I mean, and I hope that somebody gives him a chance for some good dramatic stuff, because he's got it in him. He definitely yeah, has it in him. Absolutely. I mean, it's, but, I mean, he's definitely, at times, he's way more adult in this than he was in the first one. Not to say, like, he does have his moments where, he, like, yeah, I'm going to make some weird shit. But when it comes time to be serious, I mean, that facade drops, and it's serious time and he's yeah. very different yep and he changes on a dime his, his facial expression he's such a good facial actor that, you know just he can go from the goofy to the to crying like you know you know zero to 60 or whatever yeah <laughs> oh what else we got here another you know great rooker fucking yondu moment of course as he says earlier you know, to Peter, that's like, you think I control my arrow with my head? You know, he's like, because he's asking him if he can summon the power back up to fight yeah. Ego. And then he's having trouble with it, and as Yandu's getting uh, swallowed by the planet, he's like, you know, I'd, I'd guide my arrow with my heart. And then, of course, Peter is able to turn it on, and the fight starts. And, yep. Uh, fucking amazing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's pretty amazing, yeah. Um, the arrow getting broken, man, that was like, ooh. I was mm -hmm. like, oh shit, like, this is one of the most powerful weapons we've seen in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, and it's broken. <laughs> like, yeah. hmm, uh, foreshadowing? Well, yeah, well, we got a, a hammer that might have some problems in an upcoming Thor movie, too, so. Uh, you know, after Not seeing... everything that you know is, is possibly true. Yeah, well, after seeing the the arrow in this one, I would take the, the arrow over Mjolnir, I think. Right? Yeah, Jesus. I don't think Thor's even got that big a kill count with one one let go of the, the hammer. Yeah. <laughs> it's pretty impressive. Plus I could totally uh, I could totally rock that, that red mohawk. Yes, and that's that's came in a little too late and, and man, I don't know, I want to see a whole other movie of, of Yondu and the the fin. It's a it, but, it, but it works. It works because yeah. it's a gag at first with Gru trying to get it. And then he puts it on, and it's you can see it's like it's go time, you know. And then Sean Gunn gets it will to him, and the feelings start again. Oh yeah, I love the memory montage we get, uh, like basically right after uh, Yandu says that to him, or you know he's he's in distress again or something. I don't remember exactly what. And we get the little quick memory montage of him. Uh, you know, lying with his mother, listening to tunes, and Yandu training him, and, and him flying with, with Rocket. Drew, with Rocket, it was, yeah. It's like, it I want to like see that movie. <laughs> best one. They're just like two buddies floating in the clouds. It was fucking great. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, yeah, and uh, Ego, you know, finally gets killed uh, because Groot hits the right button after much consideration. All right. First you flick this switch, then this switch. That activates it. Then you push this button, which will give you five minutes to get out of there. Now, whatever you do, don't push this button, because that will set off the bomb immediately, and we'll all be dead. Now, repeat back what I just said. I'm Groot. Uh-huh. I'm Groot. That's right. I'm Groot. No! Now that's the button that will kill everyone! Try again. Hmm. I'm Groot. Mm-hmm. I am Groot? Uh-huh. I'm Groot. No! That's exactly what you just said! How is that even possible? Which button is the button you're supposed to push? Point to it! No! And uh, he melts. That was a beautiful melting scene. Yes. Uh, I have to say. And, of course, we get Yandu... Well, and even kind of before Yandu's sacrifice, we get uh, 
you know, Rocket basically thinking Quill's done and Yandi's done and getting back on the spaceship and trying to save the rest of the team and stopping Gamora from going after Quill. And he's just like, I'm sorry, I can only afford to lose one friend today. And I was just like, oh, yeah. <laughs> yep. And, and it's a fucking CGI raccoon making my heart drop like this. It's yeah. insanity. <laughs> it's just utter insanity. Fucking Bradley Cooper, man. You know, I know you... Your face ain't on there, but man, you acted the shit out of that. I see. I when I and when I act when I hear Rocket, I don't hear Bradley Cooper at all. I just hear Rocket because it's yeah, not no. his natural voice at all. No, no. Um, yeah, and Yandu's sacrifice, man. Uh, just fucking. He may have been your father, boy, but he, he wasn't your daddy. daddy. Yeah, like, I was uh, like, oh, turn on the friggin' waterworks, man. <laughs> and then the funeral, and that's that's pretty the much funeral, the end of man, our that movie. Was it, yeah. But before but, that, I mean, we almost forgot the line of the movie as as the the rig that they're all in explodes while they're fighting Ego, and Peter is floating down with his jetpack, and Yondu's holding his arrow in one yeah. arm, and Peter yeah. just looks up and goes, "Yeah, he looked like Mary Poppins." Was He's, he cool? Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, he was cool. I'm Mary Poppins, y'all. I was like, the, the fucking line that launched a thousand memes on the internet. Two weeks ago, people were posting that line. I'm like, I don't know what this is, but you assholes. I... <laughs> well, you know what? Peter Peter can't even tell him it's a, a, a British nanny. <laughs> right. like, he can't even like bring him. He's just like, yeah, he was cool. Like, yep. It's so amazing. And it only makes it worse because then, like, two minutes later, <laughs> Yondu's getting Peter to safety and sacrificing himself. <laughs> yep. And, uh, yeah. Yeah, it's like, oh, man. And we get, I can't even express, like, the, the funeral scene and, like, when we get sliced alone, fucking Ving Rang shows up and he's Charlie 27, apparently, or Charlie yeah. something or other. It was Charlie 27, um, yeah. And then oh, one of my favorites, Michelle Yeoh. Right, and I, I don't even know her character, really. Alina. Um, yeah. You yeah. see, again, I don't know those I had to. I had to look shit. up some of them. But each of those characters looks like we just spent the whole movie with them too. It's like I knew them, and I barely—I hadn't even met any of them. But it's just like the set design, the costumes, and oh yeah, and the one or two lines they had—they just all fucking killed it. Stallone's and Ravager outfit. We, we need all awesome. of those guys back again. Oh my god! Yeah. If they're yeah. if they're only yeah. just a cameo again, like that's fine with me. Like I just want to see them again. I because lo- I, I yeah. love Ving Rhames. I love Stallone. I love I Michelle Yeoh. <laughs> yeah, I love uh, that was uh, that was Lex Luthor from Smallville. Apparently. Oh, that's that's right. Yeah. Yep. I forgot who was in this. Yep. Uh, yeah, Michael Rosenbaum. Yeah, and then uh, yeah, it's like come just bring it on, man. Like I want to see anything that they'll do with these guys. Like, but yep. yeah, that funeral scene, man, the redemption of Yondu is, like, one of the best moments in these movies. We're, yep. what, 13 whatever movies, 13 or 14 movies in now, it's like, that is... Ooh, man. Yeah, it's just so good. Yeah, no doubt. Um, yeah, and then let's then we have five fucking after-credits oh, scenes. I, before we get to the... Marvel loves us. Before we get to the after-credits scenes, I also have to say, fuck you, James Gunn for weaponizing Cat Stevens. I fucking hate Cat Stevens. I, I hate him. I uh, fucking I hate him. I love Cat Stevens. I hate Cat Stevens. Definitely and is you, weaponized and you, now. And you, made, and you fucking took... Ah, uh, one of the... Ah, and you, and you did that to me. Son of a bitch. 
Cat Stevens makes me choke up anyway, but put it in a funeral scene like that, I'm fucking done. Yeah. <laughs> it killed me, man. It killed me. <laughs> Settle down. <laughs> All right, I don't even remember what order these were in, but um, holy shit, we get Craglin uh, practicing with the arrow. The, the new Finn, yep, yeah. gets Will defending the arrow, and, and then, uh, um, then the uh, teenage group. No, teenage that's Groot. teenage Groot is the second to last. Um, room. Okay. Yeah, actually, uh, James gonna said that's tween group, not teenage group. So he's even more obnoxious. Okay, excellent. I love the yeah. fact that his voice was cracking. <laughs> <laughs> and so apparently Peter can understand him now, too, which is hilarious. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, it was just like, oh my god, I never even thought, what a, what a tree going through puberty, that must be horrible. Apparently. A lot of sap, I would imagine. Yeah, a lot of sap. How can I try to explain? When I do, he turns away again. It's always been the same. Same old story From the moment I could talk I was ordered to listen Now there's a way And I know That I have to go away I know I have to go Leave your vines all over the place Oh man! This place was, looks like a Pollock painting in here. And again, yeah. it's and it, and again, it, but then again, it's a callback to the, his relationship with Yondu. It's like, and he straight up says it. This is what Yondu must have felt like. Yeah, you know? yeah. <laughs> like it all comes full circle, man. Um, yeah. yeah, the full guardians getting together, and the little robot box was Miley Cyrus, apparently. Yeah, as long as I don't have to see her, that's fine. That's that's definitely fine. Um. What the hell else do we have? We, we have also the, had Aisha uh, saying, I'll call oh, him Oh, Adam Warlock, yeah. Um, yeah. Um, and then the final one is the, the last little bit with uh, the Watchers leaving Stanley alone. <laughs> yeah. Now, now is, is is Stanley actually a Watcher or is he Recorder? He is, he is credited as the Watcher's informant. So, so he's Recorder. I mean, you remember Recorder? Um, it's like the guy that he used to basically just dictate to him or take dictation. I don't know. He had a robot. Wasn't that, didn't that end up being Machine Man in Earth-X? In Earth-X, yeah, it was. Yeah, he, he replaced the regular recorder and became like the Watcher's guy. Yeah. yeah <laughs> the Watcher yeah. sent him on a mission in one of the many million times that he actually... Well, it's because the Watcher's eyes had been poked out, right? So he couldn't yeah. see anymore. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Um, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Fuck. Now I'm gonna have to reread it. Um, yeah. So uh, he's he's connected to the Watchers. They, they did not say that he was a Watcher, but it no. w- but I mean it does put it allows you to put together a unified Marvel Cinematic Universe theory. I mean they're all you know let's, let's say the MCU is the is the Earth six one six of the Marvel movie universes. You know. Yeah. It actually so, has its own number. Yeah, I think so somebody's have, designated it. You can have Earth Fox, you can have Earth Sony, you can have Earth MCU, you can have uh, Earth Generation X TV pilot if you want. In my world, that's what's happening. Universal still has a namer. Free the Submariner, goddammit. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'd like you got to an Aquaman it. out there to compete with. Come on. <laughs> I want Imperious Rex. Yes. <laughs> yeah, um, but... Yeah, I mean, we could probably go on for another three hours talking about all the bits from this that we liked. I, yeah. I, I just, 
I love this the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Like that's no lie. Like I'm a huge Mark, and I, and I'll always admit that uh, until like unless the quality drops to you know an absolutely dismal proportion. I'm one of those people that's there opening night or preview night for these things because this oh, that's yeah. that's the joy that I have is you know is watching this stuff and then talking about it with everybody. Uh, so it's I mean I love all the movies, but this and in Cap Two are like you know of the standalone movies, the ones that aren't Avengers movies are like these are like the top tier. Like I don't think you can beat them for the sequels. That we've had so far and getting to be so many of them and, and i find so little wrong with most of them that i just i don't me, even think i can rank anymore it's me just... too but it's, <laughs> i mean some of them just they rise above like and this one with in terms of the emotionality just rises above and i think upon rewatchings of civil war that'll probably get up there too because of the emotional stakes involved the, uh, they all have some good ones, and some more than others, some less than others, but this one was, yeah, this one tugged right at the heartstrings, for sure. Yeah, and again, a story about fathers and sons, and still, you know, not really knowing your place in the world, and it's like, it's universal stuff, man. It's... Yeah. They, James Gunn has tapped into to something, and it's, you know, God bless that guy, like, good for him, you know, doing trauma films, and then doing his, his you know, his stuff that he did on his own, uh, which you know, if you if you're if you liked the Guardians movies and you haven't watched his other stuff, um, maybe not start with the trauma films because that's a tough sell for, you know, depending upon what your tastes are. But you should absolutely go back and watch Slither. Yeah, um, if you like good gross out fucking B movie, it's yeah. a great B movie. You know, yeah. basically Slither is a fantastic B science fiction horror movie with Nathan Fillion and and Michael Rooker. Yeah, of course. Oh, yeah, Rook, and Rooker's fantastic in it. Um, as the he's the monster in it, essentially. Yeah. Um, and uh, I have seen Super. That was the the one where Rain Wilson decides to be a vigilante, and it's um, a more serious version of Kickass, essentially. Uh, yeah, yeah. It's um, uh, it's not light viewing, um, but if you're mm-hmm. into the sort of darker stuff, then I would definitely seek that one out. Um, but it's. I'm going to be, after he's done with Guardians, whatever he decides to do, I'm going to be interested in seeing it. Oh, yeah. Just because of, he, he's he's got an eye for what he wants to do, and it seems like he's able to do what he wants to do and, and get across the visuals and the emotion that he wants to get across. He'll probably be able to write his own check pretty much after this one, that's for sure. Oh, yeah. Uh. Yeah, I mean, there's people knocking down his door to fucking direct shit, and he's right now he's got to be like, nah, next three years is like one movie for me. So yeah, because I got to imagine he's probably consulting with the Russos on what they're doing in 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 Infinity War, and I mean, because it's I mean that's cosmic level stuff, so it's going to impact the universe that he's playing in. Yeah. So. Yeah, Yeah, he's going to know which characters he can bring. Well, he'll probably bring back. You know, we can we can bring big bring back people from the dead, although he says he won't do it with Yondu. No, I don't think you can. Which I respect, yeah. I don't think you can. I, I don't I don't think they should bring back anybody who's died, honestly. No, no this, this is the first Marvel movie that really had, you know, sorry, Coulson, and, well, because he's back, but Quicksilver, who probably will never be back, but he made a good go of it while he was around. Quicksilver uh-huh. doesn't need to come back. No, 
Although I really like that quick suit. Oh, quick I did too. I thought it was great. <laughs> Uh, but it's, you know, you got to keep some of these guys off the table. If they're going to die, then let them die. Like, if any of the big three die yeah. before, you leave them dead. Like, yeah. you kind of have to, you know, because you can. there's replacements for almost all those guys, you know. There's a, you, you've got viable options to replace Cap. You've got viable things that you can do with uh, Thor, because um, I would have no problem with Beta Ray Thor or Thunderstrike. <laughs> Uh, yeah. you know, and, uh, you could, uh, you could do the Amadeus Cho Hulk if you wanted to. There's like, there's no reason why you can't just start, you know, phasing these guys out, but we're not even there yet because we still have, but this know. was important. It showed some real stakes and, and, and committed to it. So that was, that was nice. Yeah. And I think you could, uh, t- taking back that ending, um, would absolutely piss me off. Yeah, totally. It, it would, it yeah. would really, it would really, really bother me because of how well everything worked in that. Um, that would be totally, uh, that would be an emotional gut punch for me. I'd be like, eh, yeah, I'm not happy. Well, I've read where there is a version that you know he he got saved at the last minute. Basically, well, he because he didn't want to kill him because he loves working with him. But, right? I mean, yeah. For the but... story, he had to go. Like, if yeah. you're gonna tell that story and kind of close out that search in Peter's life then you have to do it that way I don't know I'm just I'm ready for the next one man for the next three years well you know we have so many more Marvel movies before that I'm just gonna just bathe in it I'm just gonna enjoy it I'm just I'm ready we get two more Marvel movies this year and it's like bring them on I can't I can't wait in the Defenders in August like I'm so ready I'll even be at uh, Wonder Woman on opening weekend probably why the hell not keep Fucking BVSP versus us, my fucking box office money. So, <laughs> Marion's like, we're seeing Wonder Woman opening weekend, right? Right? I'm like, uh, yeah. Come on. I'm keeping my fingers crossed. Uh, WB definitely needs a win after the fucking King Arthur fiasco. I just, honestly, I I don't I don't care how it's gonna tie into anything else. I just want to see a good Wonder Woman movie. I hope it doesn't tie into anything else. I think if they're smart, they'll just fucking make a Wonder Woman movie. But yeah. I have a bad feeling Batman will show up at the end of it. <laughs> because I'm Batman. <laughs> because I'm the only character that makes money anymore. I don't know. Well, they'd all make money if they... They do, but... They do. They think you have to have Batman for that to work, but... Well, isn't that true? Apparently, so far. A uh, little weekly heroics news, though. I think we maybe announced this on the last one, but Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. has been picked up for Season 5. Yay! Um, it's being moved to Friday night with Inhumans, which a lot of you know, it's historically the the night of death. Yeah, not today's shows. not today's day and age because Hawaii yeah. Five O was on uh, Friday nights and everybody DVR'd the shit out of it. That was a yeah, huge. That's like day. six fucking seasons. Yeah, I mean, so they the Nielsen ratings. Yeah, they're important, but it's they look at they look at data now. They're like how much yeah, people it, DVRing. Yeah, and it's good that ABC and Disney and them are, are understanding that paradigm now, because the people, you know, because if they were just gonna send Agent to Shield to die, they wouldn't have fucking renewed it anyway. Yeah. Um. And in humans, you know, they know it's a niche fucking show. The, the fans are gonna go find it, you know. Yeah. And I think it still demonstrates that ABC Disney is still on board with, you know, maybe these shows aren't gonna get huge ratings, you know. Um, but there's still some synergy going on there, and you know the movies are making a billion dollars at the box office. We can 
handle not getting that much revenue from the TV end if it ends well, up I mean, being yeah, that. I mean, Dis- Disney owns the network, essentially, too. So right. There's really no, no skin off their sack to... So I think it's just like they're spreading some goodwill, basically, to the fans, you know, the deep core fans like us that are are watching, like, literally all of the properties. Um, So that's nice. I'm so, I really, as we've been saying on this show, I really didn't think Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. was getting a fifth one. And it's it's fucking, I loved it when I read the news. Yeah, well, I'm sure, I'm sure those, that cast must be excited. It's like, all right, we get to work for another year. Yeah, yeah, no doubt. I just read something today about uh, Ian Castaker being in a movie that's coming out, and I, I don't remember what it was, but he he is getting some roles, so that's good. awesome because he's he's one of the people that always kills it on that show, especially this season. Yeah, but we will get back to Agents of Shield very shortly. Yep, we got a double shot of Shield coming with you next week, coming at you next week um, with Mike Zumo. And uh, that's about it. Well, then we'll just keep rolling and more stuff. And yeah. weekly heroes at yahoo.com. Uh, as I said, we, we did a little reality altering. We weren't supposed to go do the movie stuff, but we'll probably keep doing it because I just cannot not talk about shit like this. Yeah, I need to. I need to <laughs> talk about this movie. It's been. Yeah. I've seen it. I've seen it twice now. It's like I need to talk about this. Yeah. Yeah, it was. It was. It was great. I saw the preview night at IMAX, and then uh, my fiance was working. Uh, the Sunday morning that it came out, she doesn't. She's the, of all the Marvel franchises, she's like, yeah, those that movie did nothing for me. So like, I was like, all right, so I won't go see the the second one with you. But uh, wow. she yeah. was. I got up early, went to a 10 a.m. showing the Sunday that it opened, uh, Sunday of the weekend it opened, just so I could get another viewing in. And uh, man, it was a packed theater at friggin' 10 a.m. in the morning on a Sunday. Let me tell you. Nice. I'll tie her down when you get the DVD because I think she'd like this one. Well, I was like, you know, that's important. They're coming. They're going to be in the Infinity War. She's like, why? I'm like, because <laughs> there's cosmic stakes involved. Yeah. I'm like, uh, no, she's just, she's just like a talking tree and a raccoon. I'm like, but you love animals <laughs> and nature. Like, that's movie stupid. I was like, okay, guess it didn't work for you. To be honest, that's what I kind of thought that I'd feel when I first heard about them making this, you know, because I didn't really know anything about those particular. I knew Rocket Raccoon and Groot a little bit. I well, see, that's the thing. If you tell me here's a rocket, here's a, mach- a, a, a raccoon with a machine gun on top of a talking tree, it's like you sold me. Well, you have my attention, and now you've, you know, have my curiosity, and now you have my attention, or whatever <laughs> the line is there. But, uh, yeah, but I didn't really think they could make it work. <laughs> and they did, <laughs> twice. So that's, that's yeah. awesome. So bring on Volume 3. Definitely, with man. Pete, with yeah. Peter Zoon full of 300 songs. Yeah, yeah, that's going to be a long soundtrack to, re- to release. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, and fucking Adam Warlock, apparently. Gunnan's already come out and said he's going to be part of it. Yeah, yeah, he's going to um, be. The Sovereign is it's not gonna happy. It's going to take some writing gymnastics to be able to top battling a celestial, but I'm pretty confident perf- that What about the perfect <laughs> being? Right, yeah. Um, like I said, I just I can't believe they've they've gone full cosmic like this. And it's Start just your fan the, casting now. Who's going to be Adam Warlock? He knows. needs to be the prettiest man ever. Yeah. Uh, Who is yeah. that? I don't know. I guess, so I don't really keep up on those things these days. Ladies, write in. Who is the prettiest man ever? We want yeah, to know. That's it. We want to know your castings for for Adam Warlock. <laughs> and I, and I want him to be all gold and have the little skull necklace and everything. Yeah. Uh, he 
sadly probably won't have an infinity stone in his head, but... Well, uh, that's all right. Unless, I mean, it's going to... If they did something like the Infinity Watch type thing where the Guardians get handed the shit after we defeat Thanos, I, I'd be okay with that. <laughs> you ever read the Infinity Watch? Uh, two decades ago. Yeah, I loved it, though. I, I followed that for a while. Um, I just started buying that before I had even read Infinity War and everything. I didn't, I just, it was like cool. I was like, oh, there's Warlock and a bunch of other characters I don't really know, so let's check it out. But yeah, that was cool. For those of you that don't know, it was like Infinity Watch was, you know, the, the Infinity Gauntlet was basically, you know, given to Adam Warlock and his cronies to protect from other people. Um, you know, after they, everyone defeated Thanos and took it away from him, my memory serves. Well, I'm sure by the time that this Infinity Stone story is over, the the stones will not even exist. Oh, no, I don't know. It'd be know. too powerful to keep around, and it'd be too much of a crutch. They'll they'll use whatever the reality gem is and probably do away with them. Yeah, and, so, and probably fix everyone that got killed in it, too. But, no, they um, better not. They better not. not well, some people be fucking having their contracts running out, so... <laughs> Kind of do a Deadpool on this one and, and not be too far off, probably. Uh, but that's a story for another time, kids. Yeah, we'll get there. We'll get there. Right. Weekly so, Heroics. Yeah, that's Weekly it. Heroics at Yahoo.com. And, uh, I am Groot. Uh, and, I, I am also Groot. And he's Groot. And we are Groot. And, and you are Groot. And we are all together Groot. So. Wouldn't you like to be a Groot, too? <laughs> See you next week, kids, whenever next week gets here. Bye. Bye. Everybody, welcome to the Man of Screen podcast. I. Wait, what are you doing? What is going on over there? What are you doing with those DVDs over there? I just bought those. No, I just moved here. I'm not actually moving again. Just the show is moving, so. Put those DVDs back down. Those are my New new Adventures of Superman DVDs that I just bought for the next leg of the podcast. Yeah. Yeah, just, just leave them right there. Where am I moving to? Physically, I'm not going anywhere. I'll be right here behind my microphone as I've always been. I'll just have a new web address. Man of Screen Podcast is moving to the Two True Freaks Internet Radio Network, where I will continue covering the adventures of Superman both on the small screen and the big screen, just from a new RSS feed. So point your favorite podcatcher at the Two True Freaks Internet Radio Network, www.twotruefreaks.com. Same show you've come to love, new location.